We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, let's dive in there. This is going to be our baseball hour to close out the week. Uh, we'll do some on-field stuff. I'm going to talk about the Cardinals starting pick- pitching picture. Boy, they don't want to say that fast. Pitching picture. We'll talk about what it looks like and then, you know, where the ads might be. I've talked about it a few times, like conceptually. Like, I, I, I don't think you want to hold your breath and wait for them to go out and sign like a number three starter. I'm not saying it would be a terrible idea, but I mean, there, you have to change your philosophy and you're going in a bigger. I don't even mean from spending. I'm talking about like you've got five established starters right now that you, you like and you like all of them. So there's nobody that you would bump. So unless you're going to commit to six-man rotation all season long, or maybe until someone goes down or whatever, I'd say that makes it a little more difficult there. So we'll look at the Cardinals rotation next up. Uh, Later this hour to close the show, we're going to look at the Fangraphs Zips projections for the National League Central. Uh, They project the Cardinals to finish first. And uh, we'll take a look at what they project, how projections typically are off, when they're off, like what – Usually, predict you know, the projections, they don't like extremes, right? So you don't see too many projection systems that have extremely bad teams or extremely good teams. Everything gets kind of smushed to the middle. And I'll explain why that kind of impacts how I view those projections and where I take my kind of, I don't, I don't make full projections, but where I take my, where, where I draw my conclusions in, in one direction or they're above or below those projections. Uh, but I want to start with the meeting tomorrow. The, of course, Major League Baseball and the Players Association are scheduled to meet tomorrow. Uh, we we know that based on what Rob Manfred said yesterday, that the owners are planning on giving them presenting a counteroffer. And you know, of course, we got the rosy picture from the owners' perspective from Manfred yesterday. Right? We have met the players' demands on all these things, and he listed them all. It, but you don't talk about degree, though. That's kind of the thing, right? Like, well, you know, we we we're gonna we're willing to move the my, the the minimum salary up, and that's a eh, okay. But you're only proposing to do it by just a little bit. And then you know the the bonus pool for young players. You know, there's a, the, Manfred was talking about it, and we've seen the proposal. Like, we're 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 creating a pool for bonuses for young players so they can earn more money based on their performance. 
yeah, you know, the owners are proposing $10 million total for the entire sport. The union was talking about $100 million for that. Now, I, again, I don't think they should get 100 and 10 is ridiculous. These two sides need to start moving towards the center. Hmm, funny, that sounds a lot like the real world. <laughs> People need to start moving towards the center. Settle down, everybody. There are still a couple of big things, though, that are going to have to get sorted out. We heard all of the, again, we heard all of the kumbaya, well, as much as Rob Manfred can be kumbaya. We, we heard, you know, we're moving in their direction. We, we've we offered the bonus pool and, and, you know, the whole, you know, teams aren't really all that profitable. Oh, sure. Sure. Hey, how about this? I, 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 I'll believe you, Rob, if you guys open the books and show us. What do you think? How's that sound? You know, because there's one team, one team that we can look at, that we know their internal financial numbers. That's the Atlanta Braves because they're owned by Liberty Media. Liberty Media is a publicly traded company. So the Braves have to list their revenues, their their operating income and all of that. And the Braves make a buttload of money. <laughs> like, and, and again, I understand, you know, if you're a billionaire, and you make more profit on a, in another industry. Well, that's a different thing than saying baseball's not that profitable. Like, that's that's not what we mean. But I will say that's an accurate statement if you're going to compare it to another industry where you might make more. But it's really not the point. The big point that, that, the, that Manfred, as a representative of the owners, needs to come to grips with, and the owners probably need to come to grips with this too, and I think they know it, but they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep it, is that revenues have continued to go up for the last five years, 10 years, but over the last five years, payrolls have gone down. And those two things, just in a rational world, those two things should be more aligned. Doesn't mean it has to be exact. Doesn't mean you got to, you know, offer the players a direct percentage because, you know, the sports that do that, they have salary caps and floors. And I'm still convinced to this day that the owners would, like Major League Baseball owners, would not accept a cap system as it exists in the NFL. They'd actually have to pay more money. They, the, the, min, the way the minimums are set up, the way the, the cap is set up, uh, the fact that those caps are, are tied directly to revenue. So when revenue goes up, the cap goes up. That's not been happening in baseball, right? Revenue's gone up, but payrolls have gone down, and the luxury tax line hasn't moved. And I think that's the number one thing. If 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 the owners will be more reasonable on the luxury tax and be willing to move that up a little bit more than they said, right? Because it's it's been two hundred ten million, and they offered it two fourteen, but then they increased the penalties for going over those lines. So you didn't really actually make it any better. You, you're actually making it worse by only pushing the number up four, $4 million, but increasing the penalty. So Jeff Passan wrote about this, right? So here's how this works. If you go over, this is how it's been with the, with the, with the, the CBA that just expired. $210 million is the, is the, is the threshold for the luxury tax. Teams would pay a 20% rate for going over 210 million. They would pay a 30% rate once they got to 230 million and a 50% rate once you got to 250 million. 
And then eventually you can lose draft picks and have your draft picks moved down and all of that. Well, here's what the new proposal was. Instead of the threshold being $210 million, it would be 214 And instead of the initial percentage, the, the tax rate being 20%, under the new proposal, it's 50%. For the first offense, for the lowest level, for, for being above the 214 And then at 234 it would be a 75% tax. And then at 254 and above, it would be a 100% tax. So the percentages used to be 20, 30, 50. And in the new proposal, it's 50, 75, and 100. And it only goes up $4 million. So Rob Manfred presented that as an improvement. That's not an improvement. That's making it worse. That's suppressing the top-end payrolls even more. I'm not a mathematician, but when the lowest rate for penalty in the new deal is the same as the highest rate from the previous deal, it's not a better deal because these these penalties are much more severe. And also, by the way, under the new proposal, any team at or above 214 would lose a third-round draft pick. If you were above 234, you lose a second-round draft pick. And if you're above that 254, the top end, you lose your first-round draft pick. So not only would you lose your first-round draft pick, but you'd pay a 100% penalty on the money, on the dollars above that number. So how is that moving towards the players? How is that a better offer? That is worse in every way. And that's what we're talking about is the disingenuous nature of the things that Manfred said yesterday. So while it would be nice to believe the part where he says, I'm an optimist and I believe that we can have baseball at the scheduled start of our season. And he goes through this long list of things. We've moved towards the players. This would be the best offer ever. You know what? It wouldn't be. This alone, just this information on the luxury tax alone makes the whole thing worse. I will say the part that I, I mentioned this yesterday, but the part that I really disagree with the players on is is the part where they're asking to reduce revenue sharing with the bottom teams or the lower revenue teams. I don't think that helps your cause, man. I know what they're thinking. They're thinking if these teams needed to be better to sell more tickets to make money, they would be incentivized to you know spend a little bit more to make a little bit more, right? The problem is what these teams are and what's what's really taken over the sport is risk management, right? So where's the risk? The risk would be spending more money and not getting better and not drawing more fans. Risk management would be we're going to reduce payroll even more. We're going to we're going we're to spend even less. And I think that's the side that they would take. So I don't think you want to touch that. Leave revenue sharing the way that it is. If you're the Players Association, just back off on that. Give up the the the, the postseason structure that the owners want. And where the owners need to to definitely come up or or to, to fix things is with the luxury tax. 
If they were if they were to be more reasonable, like if they were to keep the tax rates the same and jump up to 220, 225, I think you'd have a deal. I think that would be a major, major change. All right, so that's that. I want to go on the field next up. Let's take a look at the Cardinals rotation. And and we know what the what the rotation is. So I'm not going to talk about the five guys that we know are in there. What I want to talk about is philosophy. Do you go out and sign a really good proven starting pitcher and have six starting pitchers going into the year and plan on a six-man rotation? Or do you focus on building depth? Maybe somebody on a triple-A contract that could step up or somebody that can be a long reliever and then step up? Or do you do we do we like the internal options that are available enough to roll with those? We'll get to that next up on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Do some on-field baseball because that's fun, and that's what we should be doing, damn it. We should be getting ready. I should be already, like, doing laundry and getting packed to go down to Jupiter. Like, that's what I should be doing. I should be going down there the middle of next week for the start of spring training. Not that I'm angry about that or anything. I'm a little annoyed. Some uh, Florida this time of year is a pretty good thing. But yeah, we should be getting prepped for that. We should be getting ready to watch live BP in less than a week's time down in Jupiter. And I don't think we're going to get to that, but I do want to get to some on-field stuff. So uh, next segment, I'm going to tell you about what the uh, zips projections on fan graphs say about the national league central division, the Cardinals and the Brewers and how that plays out this section. I just want to talk about the Cardinals rotation, but again, not about who should be in there or who shouldn't. We know who the five guys are. And I do think it would be smart this year, just given what Jack Flaherty went through last year, what Dakota Hudson and Miles Michaelis have gone through in, in the last couple of years when it comes to injuries. I, I do think it would be wise to 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 not count on all of these guys for 32 starts. You know, Wayno made 32 starts last year. He's possibly retiring at the end of the year. He's not committed to that. 
I mean, I'm going to let him go to the wire, man. He can make as many starts as he can make. I'm not worried about Wayno. I mean, I you know, you always worry a little when somebody's 40, but it's not like you're protecting the long term there. With Flaherty, with Hudson, you're definitely protecting the long term. With Michaelis, you're protecting the next couple of years because you have him under contract and you're paying him and you're going to want to be able to get something out of him in terms of positive project, project, production. And then same thing with Steven Matz. And he made 29 starts last year, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. But we know who those five guys are. So I talked about the bullpen a couple of days ago. Obviously, this is the natural transition in the rotation. And, you know, we, we've had some folks that have asked about it on Twitter. People have asked us on the air here, you know, should the Cardinals be looking at a starting pitcher in free agency? When this all opens up, should they should they jump on a free agent starting pitcher to throw into the middle of the rotation? And, you know, there, there are some players out there that are, you know, I think pretty interesting. You run down the available guys. I've had Matthew Boyd's name come up, but keep in mind, Matthew, and actually, I don't know if it's a fit. I don't know what he's going to be able to command salary-wise, but Matthew Boyd's actually a fit in the sense that he's not going to be physically ready at the start of the year. He's probably going to be May or June, which means, you know, you got a time to assess. Although then you're betting on a guy that's hurt, so that's probably not the greatest idea. <laughs> but, you know, he's another one. Like Danny Duffy's out there. A veteran dude that you could, again, maybe throw long relief. Maybe he ends up becoming a starting player, starting pitcher if somebody gets hurt. Like we've heard him. I've had people ask about Zach Grinke. Um, he's definitely going to be a regular rotation guy, though. You're not getting Zach Grinke to come in and work in long relief. Uh, I've had people ask uh, about Michael Pineda, who I like, but I don't think is the fit here. I've had a lot of people have been bugging me about like Carlos Rodon. Like they should go after like, first of all, Rodon is going to get a multi-year deal at pretty good money. He's not going to be taking the one year prove it deal. Now, maybe a guy like Drew Smiley makes some sense. Smiley's got some good stuff. Again, I think he's going to get a guaranteed rotation spot with somebody that he signs with. But if he doesn't, I mean, that's a guy that like, all right, I'll pitch him in long relief. And if we need him, he can start. I like him. But I, I, I don't know that that's a necessity. And when you look at what the Cardinals have available as far as depth in the starting rotation goes, you've got Jake Woodford. I think that if you're, if you're looking at the team today, Jake Woodford is your sixth starter. He's the guy that steps in if somebody needs to miss a start or if you just want to give everybody an extra day off. I thought we, what we saw from Woodford down the stretch last year was a really, really good step. This guy can pitch. And on a lot of teams, he would be in the rotation this year, starting the year as the fourth or fifth starter. This, Jake Woodford's a good pitcher. Now, maybe it makes more sense for him to be at Memphis starting every fifth day and ready to come in and work as a starter rather than working as a long reliever. Now, we also know, by the way, I haven't mentioned this because I don't really think that they're, I don't think that these guys are really rotation options unless you're getting creative with what you mean by rotation. But I know that Reyes and Hicks and Cabrera are going to are, are supposed to come into spring training with a chance to work on a you know being a starter. They don't have a spot in the rotation, but and I could see those guys maybe being in an opener role, like one of them starts and goes a couple innings, and then another one of them comes in and goes a couple of innings, and then you kind of assess right what kind of game is it, what are the matchups, that type of thing. So maybe with with Ali Marmol, you're going to be a little more creative with that. And use an opener and then a bulk innings guy. So let's say, for example, you want to fill a rotation spot. Um, 
He got a hamstring injury for Steven Matz, and he's going to miss a couple times in the rotation. Maybe that's one of those things where you take Alex Reyes and say, all right, Reyes is our opener. He's going to go an inning or two, and then we'll follow him with Jake Woodford, who can be our bulk innings guy. Come in and give you three, four, five innings and go from there. I think there's some creativity with that, or at least potential creativity there. But as far as traditional way of going about it, I think Woodford is your sixth starter if you're looking at it today. Based on his performance last year, his profile as a high draft pick, all that, he fits. Um, Johan Oviedo would be in the mix as one of those next guys available. Angel Rondon will be in that mix. He's only 24. You know, he's been at AAA. I think Rondon is a guy that could give you a look. And, of course, Matthew Libertor is a potential in-house candidate, too. I would I would throw in Zach Thompson, but I'm a li- I, I need to see a little more from him at AAA because he was bad at AAA last year. He was pretty good in the Arizona Fall League, but that was working in relief. So not sure that he's out of place where I would count on him. But you do have some pretty good fill-in options. These are guys, Rondon, Oviedo, Libertor, that early in the year, if you need a spot start, okay. I'm not sure I feel that great about those guys at the moment. If I need somebody to come in and, and fill a rotation spot for a month, three or four weeks. Now, we'll see with Libertor, right? I mean, this guy's an elite prospect. So, you know, he might, if he takes a big step early this year, he might even force the issue. I mean, this is a talented kid. But that's essentially your your your, your depth for the major league team as you can look at it right now. And other guys could... Maybe rise up and show a little something. Maybe, you know, they've got a guy that they picked up in the offseason, TJ Zoich, who's, you know, 26 years old and has a little major league time um, with Toronto. Hasn't had a lot of success, but, you know, if you make some tweaks there. Andre Palante is a guy that they could look at. He had a big year last year, throws mid to upper 90s, can touch 100. There are other people, but the main ones that we want to talk about, in addition to the five guys there, would be Woodford, Oviedo, Rondon, Libertor. We saw last year that relying on Gant and Ponce de Leon, all that, that was just, and, and Oviedo, was not a good enough plan. Not enough strike throwers in there. And obviously, Oviedo still has to work on that. Rondon is a little bit more of a strike thrower. I like that. Obviously, Woodford is a strike thrower. Libertor is as well when he's on his game. And, you know, again, he's only 22 and he, He's got some, still got some stuff, I think, to iron out. But I, I think you're okay. If I, if I were going to say this, I, I, I wouldn't go out and spend money on a guy like Rodon. I, if I'm going to look at somebody, it's going to be a guy that can serve as a long reliever and then maybe make a spot start. You know, if I'm looking at a Danny Duffy or somebody like that. Although some of these guys that I'm talking about are probably going to get rotation spots somewhere else. I don't think getting an outside starter is absolutely necessary. I mean, when we talked about it the other day, I do think getting another proven reliever is important. Somebody that can step in right now and be a, a yes, like a good pitcher in your bullpen. I think that's that would be a big deal. On the rotation side, I'm okay with what you have, but I also would say this. Let's be a little more aggressive this year if things go badly. Let's not wait until July to correct a problem if it becomes a problem earlier like it did last year. We can talk all we want about the offense, which we will next week. We can talk all we want about anything else. 
what did the Cardinals in last year, what put them in position where they needed a 17-game winning streak to get a wild card spot, where they did not have a chance to win the division, what put them in that spot was the fact that the starting rotation failed them. If they had a rotation that was at least competitive for for the first half of the year last year, they might have won the division. All right, next up, one more bit of baseball, and then we'll send you into the weekend, Super Bowl weekend, with a little Billikens basketball coming up tonight. Um, I want to talk about the fan graphs projections for the National League Central Division, where the Cardinals fit, whether I think those are optimistic or pessimistic. We'll hit that next up on KMOX. All right, last baseball topic for the week. We got the Billikens coming your way at the top. So pregame starting at 745. Opening tip, Billikens and the Bonnies at Chaffetz Arena tonight. Uh, Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. have the call. The opening tip there coming up at 8 o'clock here on KMOX. All right, let's take a look at these are incomplete Zips projections. I mean, you know, teams are not done with free agency, right? The Cardinals are expected to sign a reliever. I'm sure Milwaukee's looking at some budget moves. Who knows what the Cubs are going to do? I was just mentioning during the break, though. I almost feel like the Cubs would be really smart to jump in on one of the big guys in free agency. He just lost Bryant and Rizzo and Baez. You're not really, you know, I don't think the Cubs are going to be good this year. But how many opportunities are they going to have in the next couple of years to get a guy like Carlos Correa or Trevor Story? I think like it would be a really good idea to try to grab one of them. I know they just grabbed Marcus Stroman. They don't have much much in terms of guys that throw real hard in the rotation, but they do have some decent pieces there. I don't know. I maybe I'm just overthinking it, but that that seems like it'd be. But the, anyway, the, my point was that all of these teams could make more moves that change things. But what we have right now is, I think a division that's not going to change a whole lot between now and whenever opening day is. Like if Milwaukee makes moves, I think they're going to be more depth moves than impact moves. Same thing with the Cardinals, same thing with the Reds, same thing with the Cubs. Pirates aren't going to do anything. Well, according to the Zips projections, um, they've got the Pirates bringing up the rear with 68 wins. They got the Cubs at 76, Cincinnati at 80. They've got the Brewers at 88 and the Cardinals at 89. Now, again, I, I note that these types of projections typically smush everybody into the middle. Right? They don't like projections don't typically like extremes at the bottom or the top end. So the Pirates probably are a little worse than that 68. If you ask me, I think they're probably more of a 60 win team. I know they have some kids coming along. Maybe, you know, maybe if those guys are more advanced than we think or more ready to compete than we think, maybe they could be that 68 win team, but I actually think they're significantly worse than that. The Cubs as they are today are probably about a 73 to 75 win team in in my book. 76 here, so not that far off. But they're not that far. They could a move or two could put them into that range where they could be a 500 or a little bit better team. I think the Reds are about right. I think they're about a 500 team. They've got some really nice young players. Uh, Hunter Green, the young pitcher, is going to be up, I, th- I would think, this year. Uh, they got problems defensively. They didn't hit very well outside of Winker and Castellanos last year, and Castellanos is gone. I don't see them doing anything significant. So I don't, I don't really count the Reds as a team to worry about. This, this division is entirely about Milwaukee and St. Louis. Milwaukee's got the big rotation and the killer back end of the bullpen. The lineup is hit or miss. And, and really, you know, the Brewers lineup could actually be a lot better if you've got Christian Yelich like the old Christian Yelich. 
But we haven't seen that guy in a while, so it's a bit of an unknown. But if he were like his old MVP self, well, that lineup looks a lot better. But he hasn't been that really since 2019. And I, I think the Cardinals, like, to me, they won 90 games last year. I know it took a 17-game winning streak. But they won 90 games last year with pretty much everything that you could draw up with the rotation going wrong with the exception of Adam Wainwright. Right, Flaherty was hurt all year, missed half the, more than half the season. Dakota Hudson was out. Michaelis was out for most of the season. So with almost everything going wrong in the rotation, they were able to manage 90 wins. I think if this team can be relatively healthy, I don't see why 93, 94, 95 wins would be all that hard. We're going to talk about the offense next week in segments, right? Like infield and outfield separately. DH, I think I'll just group in with the outfielders. But the offense is better than you think it is. When you, you know, at first glance, you look at the numbers and it's like, eh, it's it's mediocre, right? Well, yeah, it is because the numbers get skewed playing at Bush Stadium. Bush Stadium has been really brutal on hitting over the last handful of years. We've talked about this a number of times. The offense, when you look at road games alone, was actually really good last year. It was. I mean, you don't have to. It's not a matter of believing it or not believing it. I mean, the, the numbers are what the numbers are. Everything on base, slugging, OBP, I mean, OPS, all of it was better on the road, significantly better on the road. In fact, one of the better teams in the National League offensively on the road. So I'm not worried about that. I think the lineup, especially when you're adding another bat, and I think you have some good bats as that option for, for the DH position. You know, Yepes is a really interesting dude. Uh, obviously, Gorman could be a part of that mix. L- Lars Newtbar can, too. I think they have some good, some interesting dudes that you want to get a look at. Like, with the year that Yepes had at AAA, that's a player you want to get a look at this year. Now, he could stink in spring. You know, these guys they have to go out there and earn it. But I think you have some interesting options there. Guys that could be regulars for the long term. And, you know, especially in a case of a guy like Nolan Gorman, who's a top prospect and potentially a 30-40 homer guy somewhere down the road. So I, I would agree with these assessments. It is Cardinals and Brewers. I do think it'll be close. I think both teams have a chance of being in the in the mid-90 range coming into the 2022 season, if we get it going. All right, hang tight, man. Get Billikens basketball to close out the week here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.